1: Uh, let's talk some basketball, both home and abroad. The professor is back. Definitely the brains, the looks, the hair behind uh, Sky Sports' fabulous our basketball coverage. It is the one, the only, Mr. Casey Frank. Counterbro, how are you?
0: I'm very well, and the only one of those uh, nomenclatures I'd go for is the hair because I know it'll make moles mad. <laughs> <laughs>
1: oh, brilliant! Hey, mate, the NBA's got interesting for me. My Chicago Bulls are moderately interesting, not absolutely woeful over the last two weeks. Kobe White has better hair than you, mate. (laughs) Well, uh,
0: he certainly does. uh, And it's on the downslope. He had that huge throw when he got grafted. But it's not the hair that's turning heads right now. It's the way he's been playing. I mean, uh, over 20 points per game over his last six, since Zach Levine uh, has gone out injured, uh, the Chicago Bulls have actually found a little bit of rhythm and are looking like a team that uh, might actually have some threats into the play. And uh, unfortunately for Levine and uh, the trade value of him as a player to the Chicago Bulls, it's been done, done without him. So not really sure where he sits now, uh, but they'll be trying to get rid of him as soon as possible and try and take advantage of Kobe White's uh, new playing style.
1: Well, he's one of, I'm not sure if he's an elite player. I'm not sure if he's you know, a, a second option on a great team. Uh, really talented player, Zach Levine. But he seems one of the bigger names that has been in, in the rumour mill uh, over the last couple of months. He's got a massive contract. Is, is he one of the big names you're looking at as, as far as bolstering a, a squad when the uh, the trade window um, does close? I, I think he's certainly
0: one of the most talented players that's available right now. Uh, I, I, I think the reason you haven't seen him traded yet is, one, because of that contract. You know, $40 million a year over five years, $200 million for a guy who... Uh, catches shoots open threes and doesn't have a lot of impact on winning your defense it's going to be tough because the teams that are in the market for a guy that's changing things need a defensive player to help win championships and he hasn't really proven that yet so he's definitely going to be a name that i'd look to be on the move i'd be surprised if the bulls get the kind of haul they're looking for multiple first round picks and a player but, uh, he, you know, he's represented by the same agency that represents LeBron James. So uh, anytime you see uh, the crossover there, you cannot put, uh, put out the rumor that he might end up at the Lakers. But the player that I think is most likely to get traded in the next wee while is uh, Donovan Mitchell. You know, the, the Cleveland Cavaliers have just had a couple of key injuries to Mobley, to Darius Gardland. Uh, that's really going to impact their ability to win over the next uh, six to eight weeks. Uh, and Mitchell's a guy who didn't sign a contract extension coming into the season. And he is a name that I think could certainly move the needle for a lot of teams who are looking at an NBA championship basketball. And they'd be willing to trade a lot for him.
1: Gee, he's been stuffing the stats box when he's been playing. Maybe that's due to those around him. But, you know, how, how big a deal would that be for anyone to land a player of his caliber?
0: Oh, just unbelievable. I think, uh, you know, his scoring prowess. You know, it, when, when it get, comes to the playoffs. It's all about getting those buckets when the half-court offense grinds down. And so if you could add a guy like Donovan Mitchell who where he gets the ball in his hands and is able to catch it as a finisher and really make defenses bend one-on-one, those are the guys of the utmost value offensively in the playoffs. Uh, he's good enough defensively. You know, If you've got a really uh, smaller backcourt, maybe you're not looking for him, but, but he is a guy who's going to be able to lift some team's offensive uh, uh, postseason woes with the way that he's able to play and put the basketball into, into the
1: hoop. What do you think Cleveland gets back from? Because they gave, they gave away a mountain of draft picks, first-round draft picks, to get them, didn't they? Uh, I mean, essentially five
0: picks. You know, three of their first uh, rounds uh, are traded, and two, two pick swaps. So that, that's the problem for Cleveland. Uh, they cannot bottom out. They can't trade their guys and say, we're going to be bad because they don't own their picks for the next five years. So they can, whoever they're trading out for, for him, it's going to have to be a commensurate value in picks. You know, it's looking at those five. You know, two first-rounders still to come, so you'd need at least that coming back. But you also need a player that keeps them viable because uh, they're not one of these teams that can say, we'll just be bad for a year, we'll get our draft picks, we'll build about Mobley. That's, uh, that, that got taken out of their quiver when they, when they shot the arrows at Donovan Mitchell.
1: Yeah, that would be a massive deal. I think the trade deadline, was well, early February, so there's a bit of time for teams to ponder. Uh, if you were in their war room, uh, who in the upper echelon needs help the most? Who would you be encouraging to go, oh, I'll open the purse strings, Let, let's spend a bit of future um, collateral to, to get something now?
0: I don't know if it's about who needs it the most, but who's got the opportunity to pounce right now? Uh, and who's like, looking at a crowded field and has a chance to win a title? And to me, that's the Philadelphia 76ers. You know, they're playing great basketball right now. Joel Embiid averaged, uh, I think, uh, 35 points a game over his last six or eight games without playing in the fourth quarter. I mean, this guy's been on fire. He's one of the dominant players in the NBA. And With what they got for James Harden, they've got uh, a little bit of ammo to go out and try and get a, get a player. Is that going to be another star along the lines of a Levine or a Mitchell, or is that going to be trying to get a couple of role players? So, so the, and, and for me also, it's uh, the Oklahoma City Thunder. I mean, this is a team that's not too far back in the West right now. They're sitting, I think, third place currently with Shea Gildas-Alexander, was a first-team All-NBA guy, but they've got, you know, I think it's 35 picks over the next five drafts. They've got all this talent, some of which uh, is a little tainted right now, but, uh, or, or guys who aren't getting the playing time they may be able to get. So uh, they've got a lot of options. If they wanted to go out and really improve their team with getting a, a top-level big or possibly another uh, score on the wing, they could really make some noise and, and put themselves at the forefront of that what, conference uh, with Chase out west.
1: Well, when you've got that many picks, there surely has to be a time we you have to spend them, uh, you know, second in the West currently now, the Thunder, uh, unless they want to be the, you know, the draft version of Scrooge McDuck and just keep them in a big vault and go swimming in them. <laughs>
0: that's, that's not the go. That, unfortunately, you can't swim in seven footers that way. It goes against the tide. But uh, I do appreciate the the visual. But uh, and that is the key. They they are going to have to trade them. You know, we've seen in recent drafts where they've uh, packaged some of their picks to move up three or four spaces. You know, they want to help hold on to some of those picks that they think are to be valuable coming from other teams, like the Clippers picks in a couple of years. But uh, you know, if if I was that team, you never know how long these championship windows last. Uh, I think uh, the Oklahoma, Oklahoma City Thunder can just. Live Look at the last time they were there in the finals with KD and James Harden and Russell Westbrook thinking that core is going to be there for years. Well, it never was again. So when you've got a team that has a chance to make a move and you've got ammo that you can actually fire off to try and improve that team, you've got to strike where the iron's hot because you never know how many chances you get at the ring.
1: I I see Houston Rockets forward, Dylan Brooks, who's never shown saying a word, has been fined $35,000 for language. Um, um, He directed towards the officials on court and then off court. How many fines would you have raked up? Um, and and our comp, if you know, bad words towards referees was a thing. Was, was sanctioned. I was always, I was always pretty respectful.
0: Uh, yeah, it was mostly about the call. Uh, I tried yeah. not to get too personal because any any time I included those four little words, I, I got a technical pretty quickly. So there, I didn't have much of a leash. <laughs> so, 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 yeah. Well, I said it with a lot of passion. For the most part, I, I tried to keep it pretty straight. So, uh, and, and when I did occasionally drop in those other four-letter words, that uh, is certainly when uh, I got teed up, and most times deservedly so.
1: So you were more of a John McEnroe, sort of, you can't be serious type, type guy on the court. Yeah, definitely, definitely a lot of that, a lot of how can
0: you call that, you don't know what to call it, accusing, a, a very accusatory about the skill level of uh, some of the officiating calls, but, but never about the person themselves, because any time I did that, I, I always got in trouble quickly.
1: Right. Ja Morant is back in the NBA after a long time out for some uh, interesting uh, indiscretions, you might say. Uh, what should we expect from him now and in the future?
0: Well, it was great to see him back yesterday. He, he had a huge game, including the game winner. Uh, his quickness is just unbelievable. His shot-making at the rim, just phenomenal. Uh, he still looks like an all-NBA-level guard. You know, Even last year, with all the troubles, he still averaged 28 points, eight rebounds, or eight, eight assists, six rebounds right in that range. Uh, and this is a guy for a time that's averaging 30 a game. So uh, he, he, to me, he on court, there's no question that this is one of the top 15, 20 guys in the NBA and will continue to be so. Uh, hopefully he went out there and learned that the decisions he was making are, are putting his earnings in jeopardy, putting his career in jeopardy, and putting, putting his entire future in jeopardy. So I, I would expect to see him walk a, a much straighter path going forward. Uh, you know, I, I think what he learned uh, in this last year is that what seemed like it couldn't be taken away can get taken away pretty quickly. And, uh, uh, you know, the this is a lesson that a lot of players, a lot of athletes over the years have had had to learn. Uh, not all of them do, but uh, my, uh, my hope is that John Moran is going to learn it. But on the court, we're going to see some great basketball and watch that Memphis Grizzlies team try and chase a playoff spot in that top ten. It's going to be tough. They're going to have to play at like a 50-win pace just to get to 500 from here on out. So. Is it possible? Yes, but they have more problems than just Joe Ma- no John Morant coming up to this point. It was the lack of bigs, no Clark, no Stephen Adams, of course. Without those guys, I think that's what the real issue has been for uh, Memphis in terms of playing women basketball.
1: Hey, let's move closer to the home, the AMBL. The Breakers in action, of course, uh, tomorrow night. You can catch all the action on Sky Sport. They're up against the Kings. Mm, tasty. But who are the Breakers, mate? Who are the Breakers? They're harder to pick than a broken nose. Who are they? The team that came flying out of the gate in their last game against the Taipans, led by, what, 26 at the half? You know, that's a a really impressive uh, performance away from home. but there's been some duds along the way.
0: Well, what the breakers are, I think, uh, is one of the more high-potent offenses in the NBL, uh, with Parker Jackson, Cartwright uh, pushing the pace, and Anthony Lamb on the wing, really being able to score and finding other scores. Uh, Memphis uh, Stephens uh, really stepped up in the last game. One of the premier offensive teams in the competition in terms of efficiency, speed, uh, and the type of shots you want to get. And at the same time, they are one of the smaller teams in the competition who struggles to defend, struggles to keep players out of the paint and struggle to keep teams off the offensive glass. They're allowing their opponents to shoot the best field goal percentage from beyond the arc at almost 37% a game, and they're giving up the most offensive rebounds. So uh, I think uh, because they're sized, they're in rotations a lot, trying to scramble to get to take away those box outs, and that's enabling teams to really manipulate defenses to take open threes and then crash the glass because they're a bit undersized. Uh, Uh, that offense, as we saw against Cairns, is potent enough to beat anybody when it's going well. I mean, they can really pour it on on people. The question with continues to be what can they do defensively and can that front line stand up against these bigger, stronger teams in the league who are absolutely hammering the glass and uh, trying to get out of them. But, you know, when you have an offense like that, you should have hope because uh, the toughest thing to do in basketball is put the ball in the bucket. And with a team that is hopefully going to return William McDowell-White and Zylon Cheatham soon, uh, they, they could be very interesting uh, as they're chasing the final spot. You know, right now, only two wins outside of the top six. So uh, as poor as the season has gone up to this point, it is in, uh, a change of fortune is not out of the realm of possibility.
1: Well, let's talk more about those returning play- players. Moni Maior, the coach, you can forgive us for calling him Moni Mayor at the, at the moment. He seems to be quite a, a frustrated figure on the side of the court, um, isn't he? Um, but, but he will be uh, singing, you know, Alleluia, Alleluia, or something of the sort that, um, you know, he'll get the likes of Zyland Cheatham, especially, although Will McDowell-White, well, his form had been a, up and down, but the talent's obvious for both those players, right? If they, if they can get them near back to best, they're huge additions. Well, I'll start with
0: Will, because I think he, a little bit of injury, uh, unluckiness un- coming into the season, you know, didn't get off to the start. Uh, so missed some of those games. was just starting to find his form when he had another injury and uh, uh, missed some more time. But uh, what I think he does most specifically for for the breakers is gives that offense second unit when Parker Jackson Cartwright isn't in the game some real teeth, the ability to really hit the guys on the roll out of the pick and roll and and to continue that offensive flow in those moments when Parker Jackson Cartwright isn't in there uh, as that ball handler. But with Zylon Cheatham, I I think he's the key really for the breakers. Uh, his, His combination of size, power, athleticism. I, I think a lot of what they were doing offensively, defensively this year was based on his skill set. Uh, they could not find another player that was going to yep. be able to give, provide a, a reasonable facsimile of him and his skill set. And I think that's why they didn't get a replacement out of the import spot when he went down because they just need him to come back. When he comes back, we're going to see a lot more pick and roll penetration. We're going to see that lob game coming back. That's going to bend defenses towards them and allow the Breakers not only to find those open threes and those nice shots around the rim, but to get back in transition and be better defensively because of it. So uh, he's also one of the, the guys they need to stand up against these front lines. Uh, and if he's not able to do it, then uh, the Breakers will have no answers there. So he's got to be able to do it, and he's got to come back soon
1: for them to have, have that happen. Pretty tasty encounter against the Kings. They look pretty darn good again, don't they? They're playing great basketball. You know, uh, a lot of talk about United
0: being so talented, but for me, the Sydney Kings are maybe the most talented team in the competition. DJ Hoag was uh, playing at an all MVP level last year, all-NBL level level last year when he was up in cans. Injury up to this point, but he really was a breaker killer with his combination of size and shooting. Jalen Adams, you know, uh, MVP-level player who can really put it on. Uh, can averaging over 15 points and up there at assists as well. But I, I think when he's at his best, a 25-point game, and that's before you talk about guys like Jonah Bolden coming off the bench, returning to the game, and uh, Jordan Hunter, the size he has. It's a, a real test for the breakers because uh, the combination of size and shooting is going to test that defense and force them into extra rotations
1: that uh, uh, if they're not careful, will break them. Casey, Thank you so much for joining us today throughout the year. You've been so generous to all of us across ECNZ. We love listening to you. I know the audience really enjoys uh, you take, the fun you have with uh, the sport you clearly love and and you know so well. Go have a great Christmas. Happy New Year. Have a wonderful call tomorrow. And just one last question, though. What happens in the uh, Frank household over, over Christmas, New Year? Uh, we, we've
0: got we've got a, a seven-year-old and a, and a three-year-old in the house so uh, right now it's a lot of planning for uh the elf on the shelf which is the bane and the glory of my existence watching the kids wake up to that <laughs> one every day but uh, other than that a lot of beach time a lot of family time and uh, appreciate the kind words it's always a pleasure to come on and talk hoops but uh this season's all about the kiddos and, and making them uh continuing yeah. their belief in, in the magic as long as it can how many times have you threatened
1: to call cool santa this week it's happened a lot. It's happened twice this morning. <laughs> Good stuff, Casey. Go well, mate. Love to you and your family. Thank you. <laughs> you, you as well. Thanks, Thanks, mate. Casey Frank is a treat to talk to. He's spoken to him for many, many years. Always love listening to him. Always so. You can throw Casey Frank any basketball question, and he just handles it with utter aplomb. I think we got him under the proviso. We'd talk mainly NBA and a couple of NBA topics. And I just went on one of my sort of rabbit hole things. But uh, you know, he, Casey Frank is fantastic. Uh, he will be alongside my second favourite mulligan, Andrew. Sorry, third favourite mulligan, behind Jenny and the actual golf mulligan. Don't worry, I've told that to his face. I've, to, I've told that to his face, don't worry. Uh, providing you brilliant commentary as they always do on Sky Sport tomorrow night. It is a home game, right? It is a home game. Yeah. Whew. Didn't even check the draw. Um, excellent stuff. Uh, 22 minutes after 10 o'clock. Finn, Huckleberry Finn's a big basketball man. I have always deferred to him on, uh, you know, SENZ's favourite Saturday show, RIP, the Saturday session. Um, your eyes nearly popped out of your head when you heard Donovan Mitchell being traded.
0: I just didn't expect him to say that. I haven't really like been watching much Cavaliers basketball this year, and I honestly didn't expect Donovan Mitchell to be in trade talks. So yeah, I was a bit surprised.
1: Mm. Big deal. Well, Big he's a heck of a player. So yeah, I don't know. It's not a good position to be in. Like mm, we're gonna we're gonna suck. We've given away five of our draft picks. Um, we have to get a whole heap back before uh, we could possibly uh, make that trade. What was it? Three first-rounders and a couple of pick swaps. Incredible sort of all. Uh, we'll watch that. And uh, all the NBA trade rumours and trades when they are consummated uh, over the next sort of six weeks here on SCNZ. Uh, the trade window is first week of February, top ahead. Uh, 23 minutes after 10 o'clock. Um, keep your thoughts coming into double eight, double three. Uh, all your thoughts are very much welcome. We've got a beauty, a beauty after the break as far as someone's... Uh, suggestion for their favourite sporting game of the year. Stay with us. We'll be back with more.